Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar along with Johnny Stites, and we are going to be talking today about business problems when they get serious. And we've all had that happen at some point or another. Whether we've been on the management or ownership end or we've been an employee, we have someplace along the way had some tough times. So um, if, if you are ready to roll your gasping, bleeding business into the emergency room, you know that we're going to talk about that. If, uh, if your business is half pregnant, then we're going to talk about that. And uh, then we're going to talk about uh, businesses that actually die and how do you deal with that. And so we're going to see uh, where this all leads us today, but I think it's a, uh, an important subject to keep in mind because as you go forward, things happen and you don't always have control. Um, and, and so, you know, we wanted to address those subjects that one, uh, the probability is that if you have a, a headache with your business of some kind that you realize not only was a, maybe a request ignored, for example, because, uh, uh, an employee uh, agreed to provide you with something with a big smile and then didn't do it and had some reason for it by the end of the day when you had expected it. And they were walking out the door and said, oh, by the way, I didn't get around to that, blah, blah, blah. You know, now you're stuck with that. Now, how many times have you heard things like that uh, where something ends up in the slow pile of somebody's workload where you really were expecting it to be a rush? And you thought it was really important. And obviously the person you gave the task to didn't. Um, th- where does that come back? Do you, is, it, is it because of you, Johnny? <laughs> well, sometimes, yeah. not always, but sometimes it's just the failure of the leader to clearly communicate. Uh, okay. And it is the leader's responsibility to clearly communicate, to set expectations. Once that's done, then it's the employees or the followers responsibility to to react how do you how do you get the message across to somebody uh, a sense of urgency with something without getting hysterical <laughs> the first thing i think it was important for me was to hire people that fitted fit into our cust- culture if they didn't fit into our culture there's no amount of leadership that I had that was going to make them effective. Right. In our so that's company. from the outset, from the very beginning. Right. Now, what, what if somebody doesn't do that and they got this business going and they, they have this kind of a problem, how do they address it? Well, what I would suggest is that a, they go back and decide what kind of culture do we want to have here? Mm-hmm. What is it now? Really look at it. And the best way to do that is to take time away from the business where you're not working in the business and actually work on the business, and that you can't do both of them at the same time. And this time. is not at the local bar, I assume. Uh, well, it could <laughs> if you're focused on it, <laughs> but okay. it's more important that people really think deeply about what it is they're trying to accomplish, whether it's a business or being a husband or being a parent or being a church member. I mean, there's so many people are just kind of floating through life to use Kennedy's paraphrase, his comments, they, they, things are happening all around them, and they have no idea. They just are existing. Be purposeful about what you're doing. Take life on as an opportunity that you've said so many times, Hal. It's an opportunity to succeed or fail as you may choose. Uh, I was having an, an interview with Al Gore one time here in a radio station, and he said, Johnny, what can I do for you? He was our representative in Congress at that time. And I said, 
Congressman, if you'll just give me the opportunity to succeed or fail as I choose to do, that's enough. Just get out of my way and let me have that opportunity. Well, he had the strangest look <laughs> on his face. He didn't. He didn't Wouldn't understand. Wouldn't what we I all was love saying. to say to every politician, <laughs> "Yeah, get out of the way." <laughs> get out of the way, would you? So yeah. that I think it's really important on the beginning to set that tone. If you're already in a business and it's not going the way you want it, take the time, get somebody to help you, and sit down and really work on your business. Figure out what where do I want to go with this thing. What what, what kind of a, a language do you use? What kind of an approach do you take with somebody? I mean, do you, you know, grab them by the arm, hey, sit down, and, you know, this isn't the military. So. <laughs> well, the, the way I tried to do it is I tried to help them to see it from my vantage point. My job here was to inspire people to work. It was not to tell them every decision to make. So you paint made. a picture, sort of? To- yeah, that, that was what we would call the culture of who we are. Mm-hmm. This is how we treat our clients. This is how we try to treat each other. And it's based upon the core values of the company. And it may be involved in our mission statement to some extent. But the really good companies are crystal clear on what they want to do. They're absolutely crystal clear as a company, of how they're going to respond way before the opportunity comes for them to actually respond. Uh, and I might interject here that there is exactly the same dynamics in talking with uh, consumers and customers. Yeah. It, it, it isn't any different. You know, the, the, the task at hand may be different, uh, the in personalities perhaps or whatever, but it, the idea of uh, sitting down and cultivating a relationship that gives you back usable input that helps move things forward is the same dynamic you would use with a customer or in a focus group with customers. Yes. You can't dictate to your customer what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. You can only make the case that we, we, the company, is their best choice and is in their best interest to make that choice. And by the way, I mentioned focus group, but it's a very useful tool for a business owner to have focus groups with uh, customers and deal with them in almost the same way we're talking about and be able to get their honest input uh, about the services they're getting, the products they're getting, that sort of thing. We also Uh, did that with subcontractors. Ah, there you are. Team members. Okay, we're we're going to uh, leave you with that thought for the moment and come right back to you. So don't go away because we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about whether the business really needs to go to the emergency room or if there are ways that you can deal with it yourself. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Business Works. This is Hal and Johnny. We were talking about uh, businesses that are having problems and how that ends up happening and how to avoid it. Uh, People will accept change more quickly and more wholeheartedly when they have a hand in designing the ingredients and or the parameters of what the behavior is expected of them, giving them at least the opportunity to suggest recommendations to be included in whatever guidelines you come up with in your day-to-day affairs makes them, in a sense, part owners. And people who are in that category are those who have risen to the occasion. They've accepted at least... Uh, the conduct of that role, if not the role themselves as part owners. And and they are the same people who accept that ownership mindset. Uh, They're the ones that you most need and and want to be with you. But how do you instill that? How do you do that? And it's a matter a lot of times of the words you use and how you 
uh, approach other people and, and give them credit for what they're doing and make them feel like they're part of the direction that you want things to move. And by the way, you have to decide what direction you want it to move first. <laughs> so uh, you can't just walk into a room and say, okay, where should we go? I mean, you really need uh, some, some plan, as Johnny's talked about a number of times. Uh, John, you want to uh, kind of hop on that uh, for a minute and give us uh, some thoughts about that direction? Well, it's the very nature of a leader that the leader is the one who decides where we're going. And whether you're in battle or whether you're in business, whether you're in a family. Which could be all three. It could be all three. <laughs> a battling family business. Yeah. And so you have you have the leader who kind of sets the direction that we're going but then he has to be the kind of leader that when he turns around, there's people actually following him. He's not out there by himself right. just thinking he's leading and nobody's really following him. Right. And that's probably the biggest undoing of most businesses, as you know, is just the leader is out there thinking he's leading, but he's not leading at all. And the people who are in the business are totally uh, confused and they're like sheep with no shepherd. They just wander around and and they don't accomplish what needs to be accomplished. And when you have a when you're a client or a customer of that kind of business, you're the one that suffers. Well, there there are some reasons for business failure, and and um, I, I we all know some of them. Uh, I think that the following characteristics uh, that I'm going to give you here are probably um, the main ones. So we're talking about. In the case of lack of follow-through or lack of a vested interest in keeping the status quo. Amazingly, even after hiring outside consultants to ignore or stimulate or motivate things, that that's still present, that's a problem. Uh, disregard for or disrespect of the employees with, with kind of a token approach to things, um, That that's Another one, disregarding the talents and solutions that were, uh, that were, that were coming up and, and getting people to discuss their own shortcomings. It's hard to believe, especially after paying for services, but a lot of times that's a hidden agenda. Co having complete resistance to initiate a two-way communicating direction. The bottom line is not having a sense of urgency. And, and so if, if there is a sense of urgency and transparency, uh, and we talk about transparency in the, in the terms like pregnancy, it really can't be halfway. You can't be half transparent. You can't be half urgent. You can't be half anything uh, if you're running or owning a business or, and have people responsible to you who, who you are leading You've got to be all in because you're also setting an example. And so if you want other people to follow, you need to set the pace. You think, Johnny, I mean, I know you've had that experience. Well, it really comes down to a matter of trust. Mm -hmm. The followers, if they trust the leader, will follow him. If they don't trust the leader, they're not going to follow him. What we have to do, I think, is have respect for these employees, these soldiers that are in our company because – when I was in the business of construction, we might have 30 different jobs going. I was at the office. The men in the field saw that owner way more than I did. So it was imperative that the people in the field acted in a way consistent with our values and our mission that we had committed to. How, how did you get that information? I mean, did you 
talk to customers to find that out, or did you talk with them and figure out what they were doing? Or Well, with every customer we did business with, uh, we had a, a form they filled out that gave us feedback. And it was so funny. One guy called me one day, and he said, Johnny, why do these laborers on my job keep asking me if I'm delighted with their work? <laughs> that was such an unusual name for a right. construction worker. And I said, it's because they know that if you are delighted, that they're going to get a bonus paid by me out of my funds because that's one of my goals, and I want you to be delighted, and so do they. So it gave the owner a great deal of satisfaction to realize just because Johnny's not here doesn't mean that they aren't going to do what we agreed. Right. And that was important because we wanted more than one job out of that guy or that girl. We'd like to have somebody else. And we were very successful to get so repeat, repeat sales. That's over seventy-five, eighty percent of our business were repeat customers every year. Yeah, that says a lot for any business. That's it a, does. And there were years we would go. Uh, we always ask them put us in four categories: delighted, pleased, satisfied, or disappointed. We didn't want to be in disappointed. And there were many years that we wouldn't get a single disappointed. We might get a satisfied, but most of ours were pleased and uh, delighted. So if they got delighted, they knew they were going to make a bigger bonus on that job. So it was important that the that what I felt about this customer and what I wanted to accomplish with my company for this customer was translated into people who would carry that out the same way that I'd agreed to it. Otherwise, if they tried to cut corners or make uh, treat the owner differently than I did, the whole thing would fall apart. Well, thank you for that thought. Um, before We're going to take a break here, and just before we go, I'll let you know that you'll have to come back because we're going to hear from the world's greatest expert on something that you will be very interested in that applies to personal life as well as business. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you. Don't go away. Welcome back to BusinessWorks. This is Hal and Johnny. And before the break, I had mentioned that we were going to talk about the world's greatest expert. And um, this is on a subject that you may not want to listen to if you run a business. You certainly don't want to think about it if you don't have to. It's a subject that's difficult for uh, almost all of us on a personal level. But it is reality. And because business is reality, it's something that's worth thinking about and being aware of. Um, I'm talking about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who uh, I believe is no longer with us. I, I may be wrong, but she was a medical doctor. I did some studying under her uh, many, many years ago. And she is the world's greatest expert on the subject of death and dying. And um, she's recognized as that, and she points to five stages that are involved. She said all of us must experience each of these five stages to one degree or another in the order that they're shown, and the only exceptions are being when people get stuck in a given stage and never get beyond it. So this applies to business as well as to personal life. Um, I have experienced, unfortunately, both of those. Uh, death and dying and a, a personal life situation um, with my late wife and, and also with family members and, and with businesses that I've had some uh, involvement with uh, a little too, too much too late, I guess you could say. Uh, she said that the five stages of death and dying are, first of all, the first thing people do is they deny and isolate it. They, they, 
they back away from it. No, it can't be true. That's a, you know, whatever. Uh, the second stage is anger. They get annoyed and angry and upset. After that stage passes, there's a stage called bargaining. You know, uh, oh, dear God, this is, you know, can you help me? This, uh, can I make a deal with you? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Uh, with a business or with a person. And then the next stage is depression as, as this uh, moves along. And then finally, the final stage is acceptance. Um, and she said, you know, we, we all go through this and we all experience these five stages with daily losses, even little things. And so it's, it's not just limited to human death. It can also include the loss of a limb or faculty or ability or the loss of a valuable possession like a home, a car, a business, loss of companionship, including divorce and separation, loss of freedom, including jail, loss of a job, loss of a client, loss of a prospect or an opportunity, loss of self-esteem, loss of authority. And it goes on and on. And to a lesser degree, we even experience these stages when we lose a dollar, a photograph, a letter, an address, a contest, so on. So what's the point? The healthy, successful people do everything humanly possible to channel all their energy and mental focus on reaching the last level of acceptance as quickly as possible and on maintaining themselves at that level as permanently as possible. Everything else is non-productive. And what she says is that you go through these stages, one through four, and they are torment. I mean, we have to go through them because that's the way we are made up as humans, and these are the things we experience. So to always keep in, in the front of your mind, no matter how out of control it may feel, to be stuck somewhere between denial and isolation or an anger or in a bargaining position or a state of depression, it is a matter of choice. And the minute that we choose to accept the loss, the quicker we can get on with a happy, productive existence and make the most of the time we have left on earth, the most of the relationships we've been blessed with and, and, and with other people and places and purposes. We don't need to choose to lock ourselves into a closet, into suffering and misery, uh, spend our whole life being angry about something, uh, that kind of thing. It's too much of a waste, and it's a waste of time and energy, and, and we have all kinds of happy, healthy, active uh, pursuit of dreams out there that we can move forward with. So easy to say, you say, yes, it is easy to say and hard to do, but it's something you need to be aware of and think about, particularly when it comes to the business because it involves a lot of other people. Um, Johnny, I'm sure that you and your experience have run across businesses that have had to fold uh, or that have just done so miserably they've had to shut down and, 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 uh, and, and pay off all kinds of bills that they, you know, never dreamed of and that sort of thing. And, and, and it's emotional and it gets, uh, angry and they start bargaining and depression sets in and all. So what, what, can you share a little experience you have with that? Well, my experience is oftentimes people get in trouble in their businesses because they chase the shiny stuff, ah. the things they don't really, they're not good at. They're not really core to their business. They're just thinking about money. Yeah. Contractors are notorious for becoming developers. They're good builders, but they're not good planners. And so what happens is many of them Excuse me. To, these are the guys that put uh, the, the, uh, all the tools up around the house and the wires strung around the yard and everything and then go to have donuts and come back three days later. And, yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and I think it's important that uh, – 
if we think about it and in the terms that you are discussing it, because you don't have to go through a death. But I had the company one time that we started had good envision. It was the shiny stuff. We thought it would be great. We put a man in charge of it. Didn't give him any direction. Didn't give him any uh, mission statement. It was just terrible. We were awful to have started that way. And so it failed. And it, I, for years, I had a note hanging on my wall framed the $60,000 it took me to get out of that business. And I had to borrow that money to get out of that business. So it was heartbreaking to have to admit failure, but it taught me a good lesson, and I never did that again. And then people get angry because they blame their business failures on their employees or their customers or somebody else, and they're upset about that. And then they start trying to bargain, as you talked about, um, maybe not with God, but with, uh, I'll do a better deal with my customer. I'll, I'll sell cheaper than my competitors. Or with the loan company or Yeah, yeah and whatever. I'll I'll get I'll borrow money. That'll get me out of this problem of cash <laughs> that I have right now, not realizing that just brings on more just issues. And and they do get depressed. And the acceptance part, uh I think the only way that helps you is if you accept where your foibles are and you accept your issues that are out there and the problems you're really facing. It's like AA, the Alcoholics Anonymous, they say it's only when a person admits that they're an alcoholic that they can be healed. And same would be true of many other uh, problems that man puts themselves into. Uh, that's an interesting point. And I, and I think that we have a tendency as human beings to brush this stuff off and just say, ah, you know, it's not that important. Uh, oh, yeah, I could go get, I'll get some more loan money to, you know, we make excuses, and the, and the reality is that we need to accept reality, that we need to step back from what's going on, if it feels upsetting, and actually sit down and think about how do we make this change. If you keep asking the word how, it forces you to come up with some kind of a plan, you know, say. Hal, I've actually seen people who, instead of sitting down and facing what the issues were, went on vacation. <laughs> okay, that's a perfect example. They just but, went on vacation, yeah. which doesn't really help a whole lot. Uh, no, you're right about that. So we've been talking about the five stages of death and dying, how they apply to business, and uh, we hope that you don't experience those yourself, but we are reality dictates that you probably will in some at some level. And so we wish you well with that. If you have questions or uh, suggestions, let us know, hal at businessworks.us. In the meantime, you have a, a great week ahead, and we look forward to speaking with you again on how to overcome some of the issues of small business.